Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Church attendance down 50%. Most there that say they want the truth really don't. They think, well, the Lord is love. God is love. Therefore, he will not send anyone to hell. Well, that's true. God won't send anybody to hell. We send ourselves there. The ungodly will be convinced of all their ungodly deeds which they've ungodly committed, being persuaded that they are exactly the judgment of death upon them. Jude tells us that. We also see that any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. Is the doctrine of Christ essential for salvation? I mean, after all, somebody said the sinner's prayer, asked Jesus to come into their heart. And hopefully they repented a change of lifestyle that they want to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. But the truth is we have to have the revelation. The last book in the Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him for showing to his servants things which must shortly come to pass that was signified it by his angel unto John. The servants of God is not has never been and ever will be the nation Israel. The servants of God are the ones that serve God. The ones that are sealed in Revelation 7, which is yet to happen in the last days are the ones that come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and are sealed in their foreheads with the mind of Christ. We see that in 1 John 2, verse 12 through 14. He has talked about the first growth state of children. I write you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake and you've known the father. Well, there's another revelation. You went from babies to little children because you know that Jesus is the father revealed. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Very few even understand that. Then there is another growth state from little children to young men. That's a major growth. It takes time. But there, as we seek the Lord God in his word, which is the blood in the New Testament given for you, and growing up in him and all things is through the word of God, not just through one verse, Charlie. You have to seek God in his word. Search you out of the book, not one of these things will fail. Search the scriptures from them. You think you have eternal life. These are they testify of me, Jesus stated. In the volume of the book is written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body that has prepared me. That's from Genesis to Revelation, not just uh, the book of Acts. It is not just the New Testament. It is the word of God from Genesis to the Revelation. It's the whole word of God. Our schoolmaster in Christ is the law. Therefore, the law, the type there that is... Uh, pointed to Jesus Christ, the antitype being the Lord Jesus Christ. We see in the man-child in Revelation 12 goes back to the seed of the woman in Genesis 3.15. There is a cord, a silver cord and a golden thread through the word of God that connects it all, and it's all Jesus. From Genesis to Revelation, only one person of God this is what will be revealed in the last days, that there's not three in a Godhead, three Trinity in one God. There's no such thing. John saw it and warned us. 
There in Revelation 16, 13, John saw three unclean spirits. There's your trinity. Like frogs. Spirits of devils working miracles. Oh, they work miracles. Yes, they did. Signs, miracles, and lying wonders. Saying, let us go after other gods, polytheism. So I said, well, the trinity, the persons of a godhead is not polytheism. Well, yes, it is. How do you have three persons and how to have three different personalities? That's ludicrous. There's only one person of God and Jesus uh, is the image of his person. If you want to see God Almighty, it's Jesus Christ. The man is God. Now, that's the doctrine of Christ. Christ is, first and foremost, the Spirit of God. But this hadn't been taught in the denominal churches. Throughout the denominal world, they simply say, well, you need a Savior. You're a sinner. And God loves everybody. So just confess Jesus as your Savior. That you believe in the Son of God died for your sins. Ask him into your heart or say the sinner's prayer, whatever the case is. And you're saved. There's nothing else to it. And once you're saved, you're always saved. And it can never be taken away from you. Well, that is a lie also. Because Jesus stated there in the Constitution, the Kingdom of Heaven, in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, in Revelation, we also see that in this work of the ministry, in the book of the Revelation, that we must go on to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ unto a perfect man. Also, there in the Old Testament, it talked about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and first pro, pro, proto-evangel in Genesis 3.15. He's talked to the serpent. He said, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Thou shalt bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise, not her heel, his heel. The first proto-evangel of Messiah or the Christ, the Christos, or the Christ in the New Testament is the Messiah, the Hamashiach. Very few, even in the dominal churches that claim to have all the truth in a Pentecostal, all truth to all nations, do not teach the doctrine of Christ. What is the doctrine of Christ? What's the foundation of the church? Do we have to know it? If I simply just ask Jesus to come in my heart, am I saved and that's it, it all there is to it? Of course not. We are born again of the water and the spirit according to the administrator on the day of Pentecost, Peter. When they said, what must we do? Men and brethren, what must we do? Peter gave us the solution. He gave us how to be born again in Acts 2.38. That's just to start the race. That's not to finish it. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Not Father, Son, Holy Ghost, because that's not the name. Father, title, Son, title, Holy Ghost there is not the name. The name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost is Jesus Christ. Jesus, Jehovah's salvation, Christ, the Christos, the Messiah. God manifest in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Not the Son of God with us, God with us. This is not taught in the denominal church world there throughout the nations. And God, therefore, will do judgments. For when judgments are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. They'll learn who Jesus is. 
All God's ways are perfect. All God's ways are judgment. And the last day work of God is the revelation of Jesus Christ to reveal who he is. And that's through the work of the ministry. And that work is a strange work. We see it in Isaiah 28. The Lord will arise to do his work, his strange work, bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it. Don't make fun of it or be critical of it, lest your bands be made strong, the bands of your heart, just like he did unto Pharaoh. For the Lord hath put judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. That is to measure the height, depth, length, and width of the body of Christ. That measure is coming to us, which is Jesus Christ. We will be measured to that measure of Jesus. We must be in a perfect image of Jesus Christ. Very few teach that. It's perfecting. The perfecting of the saints. So he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints of the body of Christ. What for? For the work of the ministry. Very few understand what the work of the ministry is or what they're even called for. Paul talked about it, wrote 14 books of the New Testament of 27 books, and stated to the church at Philippi, I'm not already perfect, neither have I already attained. Well, if Paul hadn't, why? He was in the different season of Pentecost, not in that last season of perfection. He states that in Hebrews 9, 5, talking about this worldly sanctuary with a divine service, which the cherubim overshadowing the mercy seat, which now Paul said we cannot speak particularly. Why? because it was not in the time or the season to do so. Did he see it? Yes, he did. Could he, could, could he preach that? No, he could not. It was unlawful for him to speak. It states also he saw the man-child. He saw a man, whether in the body, out of the body, he could not tell, such as one caught up to the third heaven and saw things which is unlawful for a man to speak. That we'll see. That is that man-child that Christ, who is the forerunner that has entered in, they're making the way for us that we will have many that will enter into where Jesus is, a place he prepared for us at the right hand of God. At the right hand of God is a place that he said, I prepare for you, that where I am, there you may be also. We're made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, if will ye, are of obedient unto righteousness, which will yield the peaceable fruits of holiness. That obedience is required. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I tell you? Why do you draw close to the Lord with your lips, yet your heart's far from him? Jesus stated these things. Well, we're calling good evil and evil good. Everybody's going to heaven. No one will say, oh, well, you go to church, and are you going to heaven? Well, Emphatically, yes, everybody's going to heaven. Not striving uh, to enter in at the straight gate. Straight is the gate and there are the way to leave the life. You there be that find it. Jesus stated that. Yet we're told everybody's going to heaven. It's just not so. It's not the truth. Those that are seeking for the truth, even though we're outnumbered, God will reveal the truth to those that are seeking him with a pure heart, diligently seeking him. We have that promise. In the day you seek for God with all your heart is the day you'll find him. But then we have to be obedient. Obedient unto what? 
obedient unto righteousness, Romans 6. That righteousness is coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is the whole mystery of godliness. Christ in you requires obedience, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh. Anyone that does not do that will not have access to the kingdom of heaven. Jesus stated that in the constitution of the kingdom of heaven, the greatest message ever preached by the Lord himself in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He gives us not only the foundation, but the pillars and the roof, the complete building in the kingdom of heaven, and the Lord himself will build it. How? He states exactly what is required. Obedience is required. He talks about loving your neighbor as yourself. But then he talks about the individual will of God for each individual member in the body of Christ. It's not just a general faith. It's not just a general calling. It is a specific calling for each individual member in the body of Christ, different ministrations, different ministries, but one spirit. And he stated there in Matthew 7, verse 22, 23 on, that not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those that do the will of God. Somebody said, well, I didn't know that we had to do the will of God. What is the will of God? Well, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith is uh, the enabling for you as a believer to accomplish the purpose and will of God in your life. It is not through us or any of our righteousness or our holiness or not by the works of the law, but that by grace through this work in uh, obedience unto righteousness. Paul said, I've suffered the loss of all things to do count of a dung that I might win Christ, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. It's not by the law, but the righteousness of God by faith. That faith is individual, given to each member for the purpose and will of God in fitly framing this body of Christ together for the work of the ministry. Not all are called to be apostles. Not all are are called to be prophets or teachers or works of miracles, gifts of healings, governments, helps, etc. God has put in the body each member as it has pleased him. So the eye can't save the hand, I have no need of thee. The eye, hand can't save the foot, I have no need of you. God has placed a more abundant honor on the less common parts there'd be no chism or division in the body. But what is not taught is that we have to find that individual purpose and will of God for each one of our lives. As an individual member in the body of Christ, We have to seek God for that will, for that purpose of God for each individual. We have to find uh, that calling of God and make that calling and election sure, sure and steadfast. To do that is not just a newborn baby. They're unskillful in the word of righteousness. They don't understand. They are to grow up under Jesus in all things. We see that in Hebrews 5. Paul stated, when you ought to be teachers, you have need to be, again, taught to the first principles of the oracles of God. He said, these things are hard to be uttered about the king priesthood, Melchizedek, saying that you are dull of hearing. 
when you ought to be teachers. You should already understand this. But you are still in need of milk. And the, and the babies are unskillful in the work of righteousness. We have to be weaned from the milk and a full egg. Having our senses exercised, their body discern both good from evil. Very few understand that. Well, we have to go from a newborn baby, born of the water and the spirit, and most haven't even been born again. They think they have. They say they are Jews and are not by the synagogue of Satan. What is the synagogue of Satan? Those are the ones that have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because they have never had the circumcision of the heart in the spirit by water baptism. You'll see that in Romans 2, 28 and 29. And that's Romans 6, 1 through 6. You'll see it again in Colossians 2, 10 through 12. He is not a Jew that is one outwardly in the circumcision of the flesh, but he is a Jew that is one inwardly. Circumcision of the heart in the spirit, whose praise is not a man, but a God. What know you not as many as were baptized, were baptized into Christ's death, that the body of the sins of the flesh might be destroyed. Romans 6, 4. You'll see it again in Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. You are complete in him and have need of nothing else in whom you're circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. How? By baptism. Colossians 2, 12. Very few understand that. Thinking, well, water doesn't save you. Well, that's what Peter said it did. He said in 1 Peter 3, in the days of the long surfing of God, in the days of Noah, were in eight souls were saved by water. The earth was baptized. There, eight souls saved by water. Somebody said, well, what has that to do with us? The light figure, baptism, doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience toward God. The conscience is in the human spirit of man. Having that conscience purged from dead work to serve the living God is only by water baptism. Taking on the name of Jesus, invoking that name. Somebody said, well, it doesn't make any difference what name you say over there. Yes, it does. Why? Because the name is the redemptive name of God Almighty, the blood name of God, as we see in the book of Acts. They say, nevermore preach in this man's name. For when you do, you do intend to bring his blood upon us. You're going to be washed in the blood. That blood's in the New Testament given for you. We have to be obedient unto the things that Jesus stated. For if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ and obedience unto righteousness, Jesus stated he's none of his. We have to be obedient in all things. And by doing so, we grow. And we grow through this blood in the New Testament given for us as we feast on the word of God, eating the flesh of Jesus and drinking his blood. If we have not that, if we don't eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood, we have no life. If we do not continue in the word of God, we will not know the truth and the truth will not set us free. It's only when we abide in that doctrine of Christ, we continue in the word of God, then we'll know the truth. The truth will make us free. That requires us to constantly seeking our Lord Jesus for our daily bread to feed the inner man, not the outer man, not just going to church for ice cream dinners, ice cream suppers and chili dinners, but going up into Jesus and all things and all truth. This requires obedience. But there after we then grow 
from newborn babies, we go to little children. 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And now you have known the Father. You know that he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. 1 Corinthians 12. No man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. The Lord is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. There's only one Lord. Many will say, well, there's two. That's the second person of the Godhead. No, there's only one. Jesus stated that in Matthew 22, 42. What think you of Christ? He's asking the question about what's your understanding of Christ? What's your revelation? What think you of Christ? Whose son is he? They said the son of David. That's what the Pharisees said. And Jesus there did not say, no, that's not correct because he is the seed of David according to the flesh. That's the man, Christ Jesus. But they do not understand who the man is. He is the father of glory. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. So Jesus goes on and states, Psalm 110, verse 1. And he said there in Psalm 110, verse 1, David said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Set thou at my right hand and make thine enemies thy footstool. If David in spirit calleth him, Christ, Lord, has he then his son? If verse 2 explain that. No man was able to answer Jesus. Neither doth any man ask Jesus any more questions. Why? Because they couldn't answer the doctrine of Christ. We must give that answer. We must abide in that doctrine of Christ, 2 John 9, or we have not God. Christ is the fundamental doctrine of the church. It has not been taught and we've lost it. We think we know Christ. Well, he's the man. Christ is every office of the Spirit. He is all that God is, was, or ever will be. Christ is all and in all. That's stated. But that Christ, uh, there is the Spirit of God, but it has to be taught and have to be, we as a body of Christ, must be established in that doctrine of Christ. Anyone in 1 John 5 verse 1, whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, that's every office of the Spirit, Jesus only. He is born of God. What if you don't understand that? You don't have that doctrine of Christ. You don't abide in that doctrine of Christ. Well, 2 John 9, he hath not God. And if they do not have this doctrine of Christ, don't bid them Godspeed, neither bid them into your house. Why? Because you have no right fellowshipping with darkness. And that is the truth. And we've lost it. We've lost the revelation of Christ. And it is now being restored to those that are seeking God with a full, pure heart to God. But that requires the obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, Romans 6. Whosoever you yield your members of service to obey him or the service to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. Well, that first stage of going from a newborn baby to a little child is knowing that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is the Lord. Jesus stated that. And even the ones that know that and have grown from newborn babies to little children in Matthew 7, 22, 23, there, he said, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. You have to go on and do the will of God. And he states that only those that do the will of God will be have access or enter the kingdom of heaven. They're going to profess unto Jesus, Lord, 
we have prophesied in your name. In your name, we've cast out devils. In your name, we've done many wonderful works. Jesus will profess unto them, I never knew you. What? I never knew you? Depart from me, you that work iniquity, lawlessness. You weren't led of the Spirit of God in doing the will of God unto perfection. Perfection is not taught. It's stated you don't have to be perfect. Nobody can be perfect. And Jesus stated uh, there in Matthew 5, be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And they say, oh, no, you can't do that. Well, they're belying the Lord. They're saying that can't be done. When Jesus stated uh, that without that, coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ into a perfect man, we will not have access to the kingdom of heaven and doing the will of God. That's just that simple. It's not something we can take lightly and think we're going to get in simply because God is love. He is love, but he also requires obedience. And anyone that does not go on to the measure of the statue of Jesus, pressing toward that mark for that prize, will not make heaven. Wisdom is only spoken to those that are perfect, that are striving to enter in in the present truth of the word of God. And man lives by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's proceeding truth. We go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And those that have this knowledge, those are the only ones that God is going to seal in Revelation 7. The apocalyptic sealing of the servants of God in their forehead is not the nation Israel. It's the church of the living God. God is preparing his body now and sealing those in their forehead that are pressing toward that mark for the prize in the word of God going on to perfection. They're not little babies. They're not little children. They're not just young men. Now, right, you young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. That's Revelation 2nd and 3rd chapter. But now we're going to fathers, full grown, weaned from the milk and a full age. Who are these fathers? Where they are, the Zoe, the living creatures, the, the beasts before the throne of God, which are the redeemed of the Lord, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, and those of the lion, man, calf, and eagle. These are the Zoe, the living creatures. Jesus there had in Genesis 3, 24, after the fall, set cherubim at the east end of the garden of God, along with a flaming sword, turning every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. There's your cherubim. It's a capital C. That's Jesus there working salvation in and of himself alone as the lion of the tribe of Judah in Matthew, the gospel according to Matthew. He is a perfect man in the gospel according to Mark, John Mark. He is that suffering servant, the ox in the gospel according to Luke. And he is the eagle in the gospel according to John. There it is. Capital C, cherubim. Those are not angels with the four faces. That's the person of Jesus Christ. There's God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus. Jesus has those four faces. Lion, man, ox, ox, and eagle. Three terrestrial, one celestial. There we see it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then uh, that full gospel, full growth, growing up into Jesus and all things and all truth is required in the last season of God there in the earth, which are the Moed or the feast of the Lord, the divine appointments of God with man. God is doing it now. 
he is calling unto him all that will hear his voice and be sealed. He's sealing the servants of God in the forehead now. I'll state it again. On the 19th of January, January 2019, not for any of our righteousness or any of our holiness, the Lord visited me in Transmere, Kenya, Africa, after preaching to a Maasai tribal church. Is a two-hour visitation. I've only had four in my 48 years in ministry. Saying, seal my people by my word, even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Now, that flabbergasted me. That means we're at the last of the last days. It means that God is sealing those now that will be his and kept through the great tribulation. Somebody say, well, I'm waiting for the rapture. Well, friend, you're going to find out there is no pre-tribulation rapture. That there, through the seals, trumpets, and vials, we're still here. And we'll find that, that truth will be cast to the ground. And the faith, when Jesus comes, the parousia, parousia, whichever way you want to pronounce it, that coming of the Lord and the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, as you reign at the time of the latter rain, the Lord, was, uh, God will make breath, clouds, send forth showers to everyone, grass in the field. He states that in Revelation 14 there, that that man of sin, the son of perdition, will cast truth to the ground and will prevail against the saints for 42 months, time, times a half, three and a half years of the great tribulation. It's immediately after the great tribulation of those days, shall the sign of the son of man appear in heaven with power and great glory and send together and gather together his elect. There is no seven years sitting in heaven, getting fat at the marriage supper of the Lamb, that the appearing and the coming of the Lord being different. That is another lie. We'll find that it is essential for the doctrine of Christ. In Amos 9, verse 9, the Lord, uh, they're talking about the sifting. The Lord hath commanded to sift the house of Israel among all the nations. Not only national, national Israel, but the church of the living God as well that one that have been grafted into the ecclesia, the wild olive branches grafted into that vine in the last days, the, the spiritual Israel of God. But not the least grain will fall to the ground. But notice what he says in Amos 9.10. I will destroy all the sinners of my people. God's people that are sinned. God said, I'll destroy them by the sword. I'll destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword, which say, no evil shall prevent nor overtake us. The evil is raw, meaning tribulation or trouble. We are not really knowingly or wittingly or in the ones that deny that, that we're going through great tribulation or stating what mystery Babylon, the great states in the false church in the book of the Revelation. Mystery Babylon states, I said a queen, I am no widow. I'm married to Jesus, and I will see no sorrow, no birth pangs. But Jesus said in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, that these are the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of birth pangs for us to bring forth Jesus in us, crucifying the flesh, mortifying the deeds of the flesh, where Christ will come forth in us, and there's none shut up or left, and their power is gone. There Physical power is gone only when the tree casteth her leaves. Every tree of the field cast their leaves. Only the holy seed 
will be the substance thereof. That holy seed is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It will be all the trees of the field will be barked and made white in this last day work of the ministry. When we, in the body of Christ, go through this time of trouble, this time where we will seal our testimony with our own blood, not a popular message throughout the denominational church world, we understand that. Still the truth nonetheless. And in our patience, we will possess our souls. That's the reason Jesus stated, in your patience, possess your souls. But when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. Why? Because the faith is not taught. They've got some kind of escape theory, some kind of pre-trib rapture to get out of this. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to have birth pains. You don't have to have sorrows of birth pains to bring forth Jesus in you. You're just popping out of here and you're going to sit in heaven and eat for seven years. And then when the Lord comes, well, obviously you'll come with him then. That's the biggest lie that ever came down the pike. There is no such thing as a pre-tribulation rapture. And it is a null, the work of God, judgment to the line, righteousness to the plummet. It has surprised the hypocrite and it will surprise the denominational church world in the last days, those that have not sought God. Why? Because in Revelation, the 14th chapter, we see here is the faith and the patience of the saints. Why won't they have it? Jesus said, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Well, not if they hadn't been taught. Not if they haven't prepared for this work with judgments of the line, righteousness of the plummet. If they don't know those things that are coming from the face of the earth to try the earth, oh, earth, 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 hear you the word of the Lord, how are they going to prepare? They will not be ready. And that's the reason Jesus said, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. What is that faith? There, here is the faith and patience of the saints. Right in the middle of the tribulation, the great tribulation. He that killeth with a sword must be killed with a sword. There's your faith. He that leaveth into captivity shall go into captivity. There is the patience. There's a patience and faith of the saints. There we have it. If we don't understand that, then there will be no faith when the Lord, the Son of Man, comes. In this word of God, we must be established in that truth. To do so is salvation for our souls. This is just the beginning. More and more evil men will wax of the evil. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse. We know that in the word of God. It's going to get worse. Why? Because it'll be a time of great tribulation. The Lord has warned that. That perilous times will come. Men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Uh, uh, heady, high-minded, truce breakers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, etc. We're seeing that now. But it also gives us the signs that we're going to have kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, wars, rumors of wars. We're seeing all that now. And somebody said, well, it's always been. Yes, it has, but it's increasing with intensity, uh, with frequency and intensity. Well, because the coming of the Lord's drawing nigh. He's sealing his people now to those that have an ear to hear. You may have questions. You may want this in your church. You may want this in your city or maybe in your nation. Simply give us a call. We're on the road. We have uh, our own uh, tents. We have our own trailers. We have our own motor homes. We have what God has provided for us. We have our own instruments. 
that God has provided. All you have to do is simply uh, contact us, have this doctrine brought to your church, to your city, to your nation. We'll be there. There, we are praying for each and every individual member of the body of Christ that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. You can email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. The contact information is at the end on your screen. All you have to do is contact us. You that are listening on the podcast, email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. You can also reach me at dennisbeard.org. You can also reach me at sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, jcic.tv, or on our app, Sealing God's People, on our daily podcast. We need to hear from you. God's placing and putting his body, fitly framing it together now and compacting it for the work of the ministry. Let's don't miss out. We need the body of Christ coming together. God dealing with you and the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit and your conscience bearing you witness of the Holy Ghost. Then give us a call. We'll work together. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.